Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkits, Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I am your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How are you doing today? Well, like most of Americans, I'm buried under a mountain of snow, freezing my butt off. Um, there's a massive storm front blowing through right now. I think 70% of the United States is under some sort of winter weather alert. Uh, where I live, got about a foot of snow, and I'm stuck at home. Couldn't make it into work because I can't get out of my driveway. But other than that, I'm good. Cool, cool. Uh, got a slight bit of a cold as well, so if I sound a bit different or that interrupts me, then that's why. Um, I'm guessing because I've noticed your uh, the call breaks up a little bit now and again. That's obviously p- probably because of the weather. So uh, if you get any uh, audio issues on either side from us, then those are probably the reasons. So... But we should be fine. Other than that, uh, yep, I've been all right. Uh, just had a kind of a manic day today. Um, so yeah, but now we're gonna do this podcast. But other than all that madness, uh, what have you been managing to play? Uh, I've been still playing Valheim. I really like it. Um, it's a little easier to describe now. It's got a a flavor of Shadow of the Colossus because you're a player. You're in the tenth realm. In Viking mythology, you're dead. You don't know anything. And then you have to fight a whole bunch of monsters to get out of that realm. But they're like super boss battles, so you got to build yourself up, which is where all the crafting and base building comes in. I haven't had a chance to do the multiplayer yet. From what I hear, you know, when you get one or two people in, it runs okay. But if you get more than four, the game tends to bug out and it's designed to hold ten. So, But like I said last week, it's very, very much in the alpha stage, so it's a very early on in the game. Uh, outside of that, I picked up Hyperaxia 2, been playing that. It's a very good, old school, very classic game. It reminds me a lot of Gradius, which I know you never played, which is no big deal. But for those people that are my age and remember Gradius on the NES, it, it has that very much of a theme and a feel. Um, Hyperaxia 2 Outside of that, I just... That's Colin's game, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, Lily Moe's game. Yeah, uh, Colin yeah. did a, a good chunk on that. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Nothing really worth you know talking about. So cool. Uh, I uh, started and finished Little Nightmares two. It's not too long. I would say it's about six hours or so, maybe. It it depends on how many times you die and get caught and and, and whatever else. Uh, Really, really fantastic game. I did review it today, so I won't say too much here. But uh, I called it a masterpiece, a a must-play game. Um, I just think one of the biggest qualities of the game is its ability to still be quite a simple game when you boil things down, but to just use other things to kind of, like, push the experience forward. Uh, A lot of that is sort of like... um, the scenery in the game, the enemies, uh, the audio design, definitely. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I mean, because all, all you're kind of doing in the game is you're either running, jumping, pulling or pushing something, throwing something, or climbing something. So it's, it's got that basic kind of like platformer controls to it. But uh, yeah, I, I, I did a half an hour review earlier anyway, so I won't say anything else. You can go listen to that if you want my thoughts. Uh, the first half of that is spoiler free. And then the second half has got spoilers 
in it, but uh, I tried to talk about the game in the most vague way possible in the spoiler-free section, because I, I didn't even want to talk about, like, what type of enemies are in the game, because this is very much a game where if I say to you, like, hey, in this next section, when you walk to the, into this area, this enemy will be there. I won't tell you what the enemy will do, but this enemy will be there. It still kind of ruins the surprise of, like, the weird enemy that you're about to face, because there's just such a good and different variety of the types, types of enemies that... Um, it's just, yeah, it, it it would ruin some surprises if I were to tell you that. So, uh, you can go and listen to it anyway, it's available, uh, should be the second episode in your feed, maybe, depending on which feed you're looking at, because uh, there'll obviously be this, and then, uh, Little Nightmares 2 review. Um, any thoughts on anything, have you seen any of the game or anything? Uh, like, any gameplay stuff? I've seen stuff? a little bit of it. It looks kind of disturbing, and I... I understand that it's meant to be like a short game, so yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely disturbing in some ways. But uh, again, some of those things, some of the, like the sort of imagery you'll see, just kind of sticks in with the theme of what the game's going for and trying to explain what happens to this world. Um, and I, I think the game's just, but both games really are very, very good at that. I just think the little, little Nightmares Two just improves on most things that the first game did. So, I uh, don't know about the game's future. I think there's supposed to be a DLC on the way. Um, and maybe a third game. I mean, I never expected a second game. And then we got the trailer for the second game, what, like a couple of years ago. And I was very surprised. So, who knows? Maybe in a couple of years, a trailer for the third one will kind of spring out of nowhere. And uh, and surprise me again. So, uh, I've been playing a little bit more uh, the Goose Game, Untold Goose Game. Still good fun. Still, like I said before... Just a great combination of making me laugh and making me think at the same time. Um, it's got a good amount of variety as well. Because, again, that's another game that's very simple. Where you'll either be ducking, running, jumping maybe. Um, or, or just trying, you know, using your beak to solve things or to pick things up or whatever. But uh, sometimes it's not about what you can do in the game like mechanically. It's about how those mechanics are used with other things in the game that you interact with so i think uh goose game is is very good at that so i'm playing a bit more of that uh played a good i'll just say chunk of hitman 3 uh, i did skip a couple of missions that didn't really interest me uh no spoilers particularly i mean can you actually spoil hitman 3 i don't really i don't, I don't, I don't know if you actually can but uh, i won't get into kind of the story and that but there was a knives out type of level and there was another level where you're sort of hunting these secret service agents or whatever and i just kind of thought this isn't very hitman like um and i do think that w w w whenever we get another hitman game because this is the end of their current trilogy io interactive's trilogy um i think hitman in the future should just ditch any attempt to tell a story because you don't actually really need that necessarily and i feel like just putting interesting situations and themes and places into the game and like unique ways to kill your target or targets if it's two um should be the focus and that definitely is a big focus of, of hitman 3 but they do attempt some things with the story that just don't like work necessarily um first two or three levels are quite good i i quite enjoyed them um i actually go through the first time with those levels with the intel thing switched on just so that i can kind of like go straight through the first level sort of thing and like be told what to do because it will sort of tell you like go to this room do this and do that and then you kind of just follow through and, and and sort of do those things um 
But uh, yeah, I'll try and do some of the because there's different variations of those as well. I think there's usually two or three different uh, types of ways you can kill the person. I mean, there's lots of different ways you can kill them, but there's three that have like set paths that you can take with the intel routes. Um, but I've sort of put that down for a bit because obviously I was playing Goose Game and uh, Little Nightmares too. So uh, I'm gonna go back to Goose Game and then try and play some more Hitman Three. Uh, and then I think after that I will probably go back to Last of Us 2 because I still haven't got that platinum. Uh, it's weird that game's been out for seven months now, June to February, about six or seven months. Uh, it's, it's it's mad how fast that time has gone. So, but yeah, that's that's basically what, what I've been playing lately. Um, of course, I just reviewed one of the things that I played. So. Yeah, that's going to be me in the next couple of weeks. Just Hitman, Goose Game, eventually Last of Us, and obviously Call of Duty as well. So, we'll see where that goes. Um, but I think that's all we want to talk about in the pre-talk. Uh, let's jump to uh, a bit of housekeeping. We'll see you for that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but... It won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're get, getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice that's $3 level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show alright recently on Entertainment Talk as I mentioned in the pre-talk that we just did uh, my review for Little Nightmares 2 must play is the rating I've given out of our rating system and to me it is a masterpiece and I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it uh, over on the United cast more disappointment uh, Manchester United drew 1-1 away to West Brom just in case some of you don't know West Brom are in the bottom three in the Premier League and Man United are second so we should be beating them but uh there's, there's too many reasons to name on this podcast as to why we didn't win that game. So I'll let you listen to the podcast if you want to. We face off against uh, Real Sociedad, I think is their name, in the Europa League on Thursday. Good old fun 
Europa League on Thursday nights. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, well, with the Last of Us podcast, uh, we're not going to be talking about this today in the podcast. I'll get your quick thoughts on it in a minute because, uh, of course, I have a dedicated Last of Us podcast anyway. So there's no reason for me to talk about that here and then talk about it in the news as well. But uh, we do have some casting information for Ellie and Joel. They're going to be played by Bella Ramsey, who's in Game of Thrones, and Pedro Pascal, who was also in Game of Thrones, but is also known for being in Wonder Woman 84. And he's, of course, the Mandalorian himself. Uh, any thoughts on that casting news, Robert? Uh don't hate it i mean obviously the game of thrones when you get two people from that same series and a new show there's gonna be you know some chemistry there Uh, my only real issue is i was kind of hoping that they would stay away from the joel and nelly storyline and be more about the world Hmm. because it's invariably going to be compared to the game and you know this this didn't happen in the first game this happened in the second game but this is different this is the same and I thought it would be more of an interesting watch if it was, you know, kind of away from the main characters and more about the world. Um, that, I mean, I think the well on the Netflix series is because they base it off of the books and not the video game, so they gave them more of a license. Right. Um, yeah. This might hamper them a bit more in terms of like writing and creative uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, but uh, good casting options nonetheless, and if you want my uh, more thoughts on that, I suppose, uh, you can check out that podcast for The World of the Last of Us. Uh, I did a little theory podcast for WandaVision. Um, there, were, there is spoilers in the podcast, as is written in the title of that podcast. Uh, just a character theory spoiler, there was some talk about there's going to be a big surprising character possibly popping up. Uh, no specifics as to who, that's part of the theorizing and the guessing is to guess who that's going to be. Um, but uh, possibly later on in the season, you know, we've only got three episodes left anyway. Uh, but you can still listen to that if you want my thoughts on some big MCU characters who could show up. It's not news; it's speculation and theory, which is part of the, the what one of the fun parts of the show anyway. So uh, you could listen to that if you want my thoughts on One Division. Uh, not review, not review for the episodes really, just on the whole, like who could it be? Character surprise kind of thing. Uh, Manchester United beat West Ham. Uh, 1-0 in extra time uh, against West Ham in the FA Cup. So we are through to the next round against Leicester. That will be played in a couple of weeks because there's just too much football to be played right now. But uh, yeah, that that was something that happened as well. On Gaming Talk last week, we talked about Anthem. Uh, we haven't heard about that decision regarding that at the moment, actually. So that will probably be next week's show. Uh, but EA is going to possibly decide Anthem's fate within the next week or so but they said that last week so we'll see uh we talked about the scrapped uh potentially scrapped live action zelda series for netflix and e3 is going to be making a return as well uh two more things just quickly uh hbo max's international release problem i talked about that and analyzing television episode 7 disney plus's middle of the night release problem quote unquote problem uh, i talked about that as well uh, oh, sorry, one more thing, just a review that I did uh, on a Netflix film. My must-see rating review for Malcolm and Marie, which is a Netflix film. Uh, you can go and watch it on Netflix, of course. Uh, stars Zendaya and John David Washington in the roles of Malcolm and Marie. So I quite like that. And that's what we've been doing on Entertainment Talk and uh, on podcast platforms and everything. Let's get into some news.
go first with this um, Ratchet and Clank stuff. We've got two different stories to talk about, which are potentially linked together, depending on what happens with the second piece of news. Uh, but the first piece of news we've got, we do now have a release date for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Now, an interesting piece of information about this, well, it, it's... Uh, 11th of June 2021, uh, which is going to be cool, so a nice uh, kind of summer game and all that. Uh, one interesting thing, we've had a lot of... Uh, a lot of the PS5 releases so far have also been on PS4, such as uh, Sackboy Big Adventure was on PS4. Spider-Man Miles Morales was also on PS4. Uh, what were some of the other ones? Uh, Demon's Souls was only PS5, wasn't it? Uh, Destruction All-Stars was PS5. Um, but most most of the release games for PlayStation 5 were also available on PlayStation 4. Uh, Ratchet and Clank will be a PlayStation 5 only game, so you won't be able to get it on PS4, which makes sense with all the sort of, you know, jumping between realities, that sort of thing. Uh, Robert, what do you think? 11th of June? Um, what's your interest level for Ratchet and Clank? Uh, honestly, not a lot, um, but that's just because, you know, I never really played the series. I was never much into the PlayStation ecosystem um, as much as I was into PC gaming or Xbox gaming. So, but like I've always said, you know, if it's something that you like, I'm not going to crap on you for liking it. I'm sure it's a great series. It's just because I was never in the ecosystem on the PlayStation side. I never really had a chance to get into it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm not surprised that it's an Xbox, a PS5 exclusive because from what I have seen of the trailers and the visual, visuals, it looks like it needs to be on that machine to really run right. Definitely. Um, and yeah. we did. We have run into that with a few games to where they don't really run right on uh, the, the the previous generation generation series so mm -hmm. this brings me to a slightly off topic but still related topic surely at some point because phil spencer's talked about this like family of xbox consoles instead of this sort of generational leap surely when we get to like as a, let's say two years down the line that the fable game comes out or something like that just just as an example that game or those games in two or three years time Obviously, they're going to work well on the Series X, pro probably the Series S, probably the One X as well, maybe the One S, but surely on, like, the original Xbox One, which they've been promised that they will be able to play, be, be playable on that machine, which is actually the Xbox that I've still got, um, still kind of, you know, uh, running after all this time. Um, surely the performance difference is just going to be so massive between, like, Xbox One and series x so i am wondering now now that you've mentioned like that ratchet and clank won't really run very well on ps4 so therefore it's not going to come out on ps4 which makes sense because that's what you have to do when you go to like the next generation and eventually you start you have to you have to start leaving the older consoles behind eventually i do wonder what that's going to look like in a couple of years because it won't happen like right now because even with um Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which was a game from last year, still ran really well on my Xbox One, still looked alright and, and everything like that. Um, I don't really remember too many frame rate drops and that sort of thing. Obviously, you've got a bit of a different factor as well, which is the actual quality of the, de the, the uh, development itself and not just the consoles. Because um, if you make a broken, buggy mess of a game anyway, then it won't necessarily matter what you're playing it on if, it, if, if the game itself is not very good. Um, but how do you think that's going to work for Microsoft in two to three years when they still want xbox one consoles to be able to play new games that's going to be interesting yeah. um microsoft has had a bit of a 
at least with their first party titles and the studios that they own, which is a lot of them, they have had a lot better luck um, getting that to scale better. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's just part of Microsoft being in the software business for as long as they have. Because that's, that's how they started with software. That's basically from day one. They've been running software. So I, it, it will be noticeable. I mean, I do notice the, the visual difference when I play something more high-end on my PC, which isn't even that... You know, it's not that high-end of a PC, but it is a lot better than what I have had. Uh-huh. And it does do a bit better than my current generation Xbox. Um, so it is noticeable. Um, I don't think it'll make games unplayable. Um, third-party games, that's going to be the, the real challenge because they don't really have the resources to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Which, which we saw with Cyberpunk. I mean, even outside of the bugginess, you know, seeing the visuals on my current Xbox versus watching some stream play the game on their super high-end PCs, it's jarringly different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, um, and as because the scenario that I've just pointed out, as time goes on more and more, not like daily, but monthly, or as the years go by, that I feel like that's only just that's just going to get more and more difficult. Um, because how long can you kind of keep that promise for? And I'm not saying that Phil should break that promise. I'm just saying event eventually you will have to leave behind. Uh, the Xbox One S, the Xbox One X at one point you will have to leave behind and certainly the Xbox One. If at a certain point you want to say like, hey, the Series S and the Series X, you can play them on then, then that then that's fine. Because then, then you kind of have like, um, with the PS5 you've got the two different versions, the uh, discless and uh, the normal PS5. Obviously the PS5 games are going to work fine on those because those, well, those, are, those are almost the same console anyway, just without the uh, the disc drive. But... You are gonna have to do that eventually, so we'll see. We'll see see how that goes. Um, yeah, and they're plus they're not making a lot of those consoles anymore. They've stopped production of the PS4 Pro. Yeah, uh, they've stopped yeah. selling in production for the Xbox uh, One X and the original Xbox. I think you can still get a One S, but I gotta imagine that's gonna get phased out pretty soon. Yeah, the only reason why they haven't is because of obviously the um, supply shortage with the next-gen consoles with the PS5 and the Series S and the Series X. Um, once that supply problem gets resolved to the point to where you can consistently have them in stock, I got to figure that they're just going to completely stop production of all of those and then just let the market phase itself out. Yeah. Uh, you just give me a good segue, actually, with uh, the um, uh, production line and things because one of the issues that we're facing at the moment obviously let's use Ratchet and Clank as this, as this example uh, sure it comes out in June that's not going to be you know tomorrow or next week or even next month as a couple of months away one of the issues that I'll just use my own situation as an example sure I could go and get a PS5 lots of people could go and get PS5s but it's going to be interesting, let's say by June, hopefully the supply lines will be improved. Hopefully COVID will have well, m- maybe not completely gone away, but be a lot better. Uh, the situation there, because that's obviously one thing that's uh, stopping these consoles from being mass produced. Plus you've also got the scalper issue, which is uh, an issue of itself. If we get to June 11th, or even like a month before that, where it's like, hey, Ratchet & Clank's out in a month, you know, if it's the uh, 11th of May or something... And then Ratchet and Clank's out in a month. If we get to that scenario and we're still in a situation where, let's say PS5s are slightly more available, but still not like you can't easily go online and get one. If this game comes out 
and then it's still a case where okay I, I've you know you, you've got your money ready and available to go and buy Ratchet and Clank and the PS5 but you literally can't because they're out of stock uh, it's going to be it's going to be a bit of an issue I mean it's an issue on both sides you know with the Xbox Series X and S and with the both both PS5 versions um, but that's a that's a scenario that no one's really got control over because if you still got the covid thing to deal with and then you still can't make enough ps5s or series x's or whatever then that's that's just going to be the way that that is but uh, i hope that that doesn't affect the game too much or or any future games for, for that matter so we'll see uh, there's also a bit of information tied to this which was there was leaked um i don't have the name of the series to hand but there was a short or a series that was leaked uh, like an animated ratchet and clank series which from what i've been reading uh, I, I read a bit more information today as well as i was getting these notes uh this appears to be a prequel to the games which i think would be a very good idea because it would sort of set the stage for like okay what's going on in the world of ratchet and clank why is this rift kind of happening or like you know just kind of getting us caught up on the two characters um i've heard somebody say that this short was available on i think it's crave in canada or something um and i also looked online uh, about this short thing um and someone said you could watch it like now so i looked on youtube for it i couldn't actually find it so it looks like some people have seen it some people haven't and it's kind of out there but maybe limited capacity it's a, it's a strange situation uh what do you make of that in terms of uh this short for ratchet and clank I haven't heard of the short or that streaming service in Canada, so I really couldn't comment on that. Okay, so we'll have to we'll have to see uh, if that emerges properly, I suppose, uh, before the game comes out. So that could be good. Uh, plus, we do have the situation with um, I think it's PlayStation Productions, which is making like the Uncharted film and making the Last of Us series and that, because um, they're going to plan to do more TV and film adaptions for their playstation property so that would make sense if they're kind of using that maybe for this ratchet and clank thing so we'll see uh but yes very much looking forward to ratchet and clank it was in my list i can't remember where exactly in the top five most anticipated ps5 games so we'll see how that goes uh, let's move on from that to other video games uh oddworld soulstorm which is a game that i'm very much looking forward to kind of ties in ties into my childhood slightly sort of um not my childhood bit bit sort of bit sort of further forward than than that but um yeah oddworld soulstorm which is going to be the remake of the second game uh re remake plus a bit more um you could almost it, just to kind of use a different thing as a comparison you know like with the snyder cut right it's it, the same justice league film but it's got like it's got Snyder's version instead of Joss Whedon's sort of version this oddworld soulstorm is sort of like that because this this version of this game Soulstorm is going to have the ideas and some of the parts from Exodus but it's going to be like a, a new version of it if if that makes sense um do you kind of get what I mean by that yeah yeah uh but this it looks like it's going to be that uh so a couple of days ago they put out this uh gameplay showcase now it's only one minute long but there's a lot shown in that one minute uh one thing that the series has never had which this game is going to have is a weapon will which i find very interesting because you probably that probably could have been quite useful in the original two games uh basically when whether you're picking up um 
one of the I think it's one of the drinks in the game that you use for something or one of the bombs or one of the pieces of meat which is used as like bait and that sort of thing uh, it seems like from what they showed in that one minute gameplay thing that you're going to be able to store some of that now that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to throw you know 50 bombs around the map and easily beat the game these will be things where you'll have two or three of them at a time and you have to use them very very carefully uh, which is part of the whole like, survival thing of the game but I think that's quite a good idea because in the old games if you had a piece of meat from one of the um, uh, for, for one of the kind of monster characters to go to because essentially you'd sort of throw that they would be distracted and then you could kind of run past them and you know escape if you had like three pieces of that on you and then you went to a bomb machine thing to like blow up one of the bombs or one of the enemies it would replace it but this game looks as if you're gonna be able to keep both of them it's quite a simple thing but i really do think it could make the game quite interesting uh the weapon wheel did look quite big as well um so it'll be interesting to see what else you can kind of hold so i i do quite like that i do think that's a good way to sort of evolve the game a little bit as well because uh, it's kind of showing you know that, that back in the day those playstation 1 limitations that you had some of them uh, now that this game's going to be you know a modern kind of remaster and whatever um that they're going to be able to do just do just do more with it and kind of realize their uh uh the, the full kind of game that they wanted to make before so i think that's going to be good uh one other thing they showed as well is um abe walking towards one of the slicks in the game and uh, there was some like locker doors and that um that you could hide in you couldn't do that in the first game you'd, you'd basically have to find either a shadow to hide in or you'd have to find uh, like something to take cover behind uh or ba ba basically just behind hide behind something or hide in a shadow or something like that but it looks like they're kind of taking that idea of hiding next to something to like you can hide in a locker or just throwing in a couple of other things maybe so they only showed a couple of examples of what you could do i i, th I think it was actually quite a good little teaser of what you could do in the game in that one minute uh showcase thing so uh, any thoughts on some of the ideas that they've got here yeah i mean it sounds interesting let's see how those get implemented in the actual game because that's really the important part of it yeah yeah so we'll see but uh, very much looking forward to it they did say that they are hope hoping to have a date by the end of february which is only about a week left of february anyway a week or two left of february um and it's been sort of pinned for a spring 2021 release so my guess would be that we'd get a date by the end of february for the end of march possibly which would be good um, maybe something in april possibly but uh yeah it looks like this game is is coming along very very nicely they also showed just some general snippets of gameplay and uh it looks like the good old abe games that uh, that i remember just evolved to to be used with uh modern consoles and technology so i'm very much looking forward to that uh we've got a follow-up to the Sonic film. Did you ever see the Sonic film that was released? Yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot. Me it's too. way better than any video game based <laughs> movie had any right to be. Mm. Um if obviously you can't see it in theaters, but pretty much any console you can rent it for five bucks. It's absolutely worth a five dollar rental. Um Jim Carrey is hilarious. He it's a throwback to the way he used to be as a comic back in the nineties. Yeah. Um some of his early comedy specials, if you can find them, are hilarious. Mm -hmm. um and it it works it has no right to work but it works yeah it was a it was a nice surprise wasn't it i think um when was that about a year ago 
two years ago? About a year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half ago, yeah. Something, something like that, yeah. So... Uh, but I, I enjoyed it as well. Uh, just in case some of you don't know, because uh, of course uh, Robert just mentioned Jim Carrey who plays uh, Dr. Eggman or wh- whatever his name is in the film. Um, I did do uh, this, the fourth season of Classic Reviews is a whole Jim Carrey season. So if you want to know my thoughts on his films, mostly from the 90s, you know, Truman Show, Liar Liar, Dumb and Dumber, uh, those sorts of films, uh, you can check those out as well. Uh, just search for Classic Reviews and you should be able to find that. But uh, Sonic 2... Um, I didn't get the actual full name of the the, the title of the film, but it's it's the second Sonic film. Uh, it's got a release date of the twenty, sorry, not the twenty second, uh, the eighth of April, twenty twenty two. So in about just over just over a year's time. So, uh, any anticipation level for this? Any sort of what what are your thoughts going uh, going into this possibly? Uh, it's one of those things that I'll have to wait and see a trailer, like like a full official trailer, not a sneak peek trailer, because a lot of those sneak peek trailers. Uh, the CGI isn't finished on it, and if you remember, there was that whole kerfuffle with the CGI of how Sonic looked, and they basically had to redo all the CGI, and as much of a time sink and a money sink that that was, I I am glad they did it, because the movie looked way better than the original trailer showed. yeah, yeah. Um, So we'll we'll just have to kind of wait and see on that one. Yeah, I applaud uh, Paramount for for doing that. It's... It probably saved that film because I can't imagine watching because what was it like ninety minutes or so probably the the film mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't remember off the top of my head but you know about that, around yeah. about that length if we'd have seen the original design of Sonic like that with the it was just the way for, for for me it was just the way they did his eyes it was like why does his eyes just it look like that it looked looked like some sort of weird alter, alternate version of of Sonic and uh, there wasn't many people at the time that liked it so yeah Paramount sort of said nope we we have to redesign this fans are just you know uh yeah so i'm I'm glad that they did that and uh, he looked much much better in the redesign so uh, and i'm not going to spoil the first film but they really do some good setup for the second film and probably i i reckon they're going to do a couple of these it could you know barring that they the films actually do very very well which the first one did um i think we could get a decent franchise out of this so We'll see. Uh, but that's April 8th, 2022, and I will be almost 28 by that point. <laughs> so, we'll see. Because uh, I'm 27 this year, and then 27 next year. So, uh, that's what we've. That's what uh, I've got for the news. Robert, what would you like to talk about today? Well, uh, well I mentioned Valheim in the opening uh, of something I was playing, and I'm not the only one that's playing it. Cool. According to the uh, game developer... Uh, they have sold over 2 million copies on Steam in the first two weeks, which is absolutely amazing. So good shout-out to uh, developers Irongate, AB. Um, it's been having massive success both on streaming and on Steam. At one point, they hit over 350,000 concurrent players on on uh, Steam playing it. And you can find pretty much all the big-name streamers playing it at some point. Uh, it's like I said before, it is very early access, so it's not the highest of graphics, but it's a ton of fun. If you like base building, it's got all of that. If you like uh, you know, Shadow of the Colossus, it's definitely got that hint to it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool that you know a, a small developer like that has an absolute bust-out hit. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, in the world of entertainment as a whole, there's just so many, you know things to to consume whether it's tv games films books or comic books whatever 
Uh, and it's not always easy to win the time of your audience, whether it's your time and all your money, because you know there's some there's some things you can experience for free, whether it's you know uh, Freeview TV or whether it's you know games that are on uh, a good sale or, or games that are on PS Plus or games with gold and that. And then there's obviously games that you got to pay more money for. Uh, but you know, at the at the end of the day, it's not just about um, getting the audience's money you do have to of course get the audience's time as well get them to stick around with watching or playing whatever it is that you've created so if you find any sort of any sort of success in this injury in industry uh with that then uh, then you've definitely achieved something so uh, congratulations to them um do you think i would like that game uh i don't know i mean i don't know if you'd be able to play that game on your laptop um, because it is a steam game only <laughs> Um, let me look up the game requirements real, real quick on that. Um, it's not the highest end graphics, so you should be able to play it. But then again, I don't really know what your setup is. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, let me steam requirements. Uh, actually, you might be able to. It's only a Windows 7 or later, a 2.6 on the processor, 4 gigs of RAM, um, GTX. 500 series or similar uh, DirectX 11 and one gig of space. That's the minimum requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, recommended is still Windows 7 or higher, but it's an i5, three gigahertz or better, eight gigs of RAM, uh, GTX 970 series or better. Uh, for any kind of multiplayer, you will need an internet connection. They recommend a broadband. Um, so yeah, it's not that demanding on. Uh, terms of uh, uh, computer power, it's just one of those games that you have to like base building games, you have to like exploration games, uh, you get no recipes at all mm-hmm. um, at the start because you are, are dead and you've forgotten literally everything, so you have to pick up objects to get recipes, you have to fight monsters and pick up what they drop to get recipes if they drop it. Um, so there's a lot of kind of feeling it out in terms of how do I do this, how do I do that. Um, there's a ton of tutorials on it. There's a lot of YouTube videos on it just for just being, uh, you know, out. Um, so yeah, I mean, the upside is is that it's only twenty dollars US. So if you don't like it, it's not. I mean, twenty dollars isn't cheap, but it's not like you know a dollar game or anything like that. But it's not it's, like you're buying it's, it six. Yeah, it's not sixty. So. Yeah. yeah, it's not a $60 game that you hate or that you can't play until you get a new new console or a new computer. Mm-hmm. That's, that's genuinely one of the reasons I rent games as well, because if there was a game that I was like kind of looking forward to but not fully looking forward to, if I went on the PlayStation Store and spent £55 on a game that I couldn't get refunded for and I was just stuck with it, that would be very annoying. <laughs> so, Because uh, the, the only... The, the only yeah three times i've bought uh expensive games on playstation was last of us 2 which i knew i was going to finish uh crash bandicoot 4 and then i did actually buy little nightmares 2 but i knew i knew there was you know a good 95 percent chance that i finished those games uh whereas if if i let's say with assassin's creed valhalla right i started it i had some optimism for it and all that but if i'd have played the five hours that I did and spent £55 on it on the PlayStation Store, I would have been quite disappointed. So that's the good thing about that is I can just, you know, put the game back in the sleeve and put it in the post. <laughs> so, And then just wait to get sent my next game. So, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and unfortunately, um, the United States is just kind of too big for that really to work because hmm. you think about the state. The states have a population of roughly 370 million people. So even if a quarter of them use that service, that's still over 70 million people. You just couldn't stock for that. Hmm. Um, and that's you know distributed over the literally tens of thousands of miles that uh, you know from one side of the country to the other that the United States is. Um, for scale, just for the people that are listening from the UK, if you take the longest road trip in America, it's the equivalent of doing a full lap of the M1 more than twice. That's how big the US is for scale. Okay. Um, yeah, like the like literally the entirety of the M1 from one start to the other, back to the other end again, back, and then about halfway through your fifth time down the M1. That's that's one. That's the longest road in America. <laughs> cool. Uh, but yes, congratulations to those involved with the game. So we'll see where things go. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, we've got a new bundle for the Nintendo Switch, which is super rare because they don't really do any kind of bundles like that, you know, specifically for games. Uh, the last one they did was for... Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, that is a very specifically branded one. And I'm honestly shocked that it took them this long to do it, but they are doing a, a Mario-themed uh, Switch. The the hand controller that links up with the Joy-Cons is blue. Everything else is branded Mario Red. Uh, they're doing this um, in uh, celebration of their new game, Super Mario World 3, Super Mario 3D World Plus Bowser's Fury. Uh, which is out now. Uh, the upside is, as with the other bundle, is does not cost anymore. It's still the same 300 US that a regular Switch would be. Um, no writing on how many will be in stock. I can't imagine it's you know going to be a lot. Um, they did do one other bundle, which I didn't even hear about. And I'm only knowing this now because I'm scrolling through the article. Uh, looking to see if they've got a rough number, and it's showing, you know, you know, search for this other bundle. Apparently, they did a Fortnite bundle, hmm. um, a Fortnite-themed Switch. Never heard about it at all. Like, I don't remember that ever existing. Hmm. Me neither. But so. yeah, so yeah. Did you say? Makes, they... So I guess that makes that the only third bundle they've done. Hmm. Did you say they hadn't done an Animal Crossing one yet? I haven't haven't done one. No, they have done an Animal Crossing oh, okay. theme. And I, I keep saying bundle, and I apologize for it, because technically it's not a bundle. You don't get the game with it. But it's just color scheme themed. Right. Like, right. So for the Fortnite one, the, the Joy-Cons are yellow and uh, blue. And the, the docking station is kind of a, a weird color to it. For the Animal Crossing, uh, the Joy-Cons are a light green and a light blue tealish looking thing. And then the docking station has an island motif on it because you are going to an island for that Animal Crossing game. Mm -hmm. It's funny with me sometimes because I, I do look on Amazon now and again at like uh, PlayStation ca you know, cases or themed like stickers or you know w w whatever it would be, and I'm like, oh, that looks nice. That looks nice. You know, this Last of Us thing that looks nice or whatever. Because um, I did actually see a Last of Us two themed uh, PlayStation 4 controller but all it had was like a black not black, it was sort of greyish uh, PS4 controller with like a little uh, flower thing on it, um, which was in white and then it just said Last of Us 2 and it was £55 and I thought that does look nice 
and then I asked myself two questions do I need that no and two do I want to spend that much money on a controller not only I don't need it doesn't it didn't have quite enough on it for me um and but my answer to both those questions were no so I thought okay I'm just not gonna not gonna get it um but yeah I I do look at some different like you know bundles and uh you know custom skins and you know, all, all that kind of stuff sometimes and I'm just like yeah that look all, all these things look nice do I actually need any of them I've got you know working controllers and all that kind of thing uh and then I just you know answer those questions again with no I don't actually need these and then I just don't end up getting them so <laughs> yeah um, and you can get some really cool skins for your consoles online I just did yeah. a quick search yeah. for uh for those kinds of skins and there's everything you could think of there's like a, a really nice looking mandalorian skin sticker for your console there's like kind of a blue flame one uh there's kind of a cosmic theme one uh there's a ton of stuff um so if you want to do that cool it's just one of those things that you know you don't have to buy it but then again if it's like 20 bucks and it makes and let's be honest as much as i am a fan of xbox the the series x is kind of plain looking Mm. Um, I actually like the visuals of the PS5 more, even though it's absurdly huge. It, yeah. it at least looks cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can you can sticker it out. You don't even have to do that. You could paint it if you're a decent enough artist. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I do actually have how many is there? Ten maybe. Uh, I got little uh, Lego minifigures, DC Lego minifigures, on top of my PS4. Now I did try it, and I thought, okay, if this starts to like, for for any particular reason, mess up the PS4, then I'll take them off. But nothing ever sort of went wrong. Uh, they 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 fall over now and again, but I just you know pick them up and and put them back on. Um, I don't know if I've shown you that, so I'll have to take a photo and then show you what that actually looks like. Um, I think I've put a photo of that on Facebook before, maybe, but I just haven't shown it to that many people um so in terms of like looking at something on my ps4 that's what that is so yeah because uh, the thing is if if i did get like a sticker for the top of the ps4 the dc lego minifigures would kind of like cover it and so i've 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 got what i kind of want anyway so yeah um i have thought before about you know the um light bar on the ps4 controller you can get like little things that cover it or whatever with like certain themed stickers um so maybe i'll get one of them one day but uh none of that's really a priority (laughs) at the moment so yeah uh anything else you want to talk about here uh no it's just one of those things that it's uh kind of cool i mean it's you you really gotta like the color red because like 90 percent of it is just like this bright (laughs) screaming red yeah Uh, but you know for for mario fans that don't have a switch yet i'm sure they'll jump all over that Mm -hmm. i mean I watch my main team that ma- mainly plays in red, so I I see that almost twice a week. So because men just mm-hmm. kind of play in red, of course. Uh, we've got a red kit, and then we've got this like weird zebra-looking kit, which is just bad. So anyway, uh, let's move on from that. What else would you like to talk about today? Well, from the apparently this is a thing now desk department. Uh, superstar rapper Post Malone will be headlining a virtual concert for pokemon day later this month the concert will take place on february 27th beginning at 4 p.m pacific 7 p.m eastern which makes it midnight your time that's correct uh there's a 
there's a teaser video online that you can see. Uh, it's a very bizarre segment, and Post Malone's face gets transformed into his virtual avatar. Uh, when I say this is a thing now, it's because in 2020, Fortnite hosted a Travis Scott concert, and the game Roblox oh. apparently had an in-game concert where Little Nas X debuted a new song. Uh, both events went wild because, you know, we're stuck at home and got nothing else to do, so why not watch <laughs> it? Um, there is a uh, Pokemon 25th anniversary website, which teases other collaborations. Uh, apparently, they're doing stuff with General Mills, Levi's, Scholastic, Mattel, Funko. Uh, McDonald's has already tried rolling out their Pokemon Happy Meals, but apparently adults are being jerks and buying all the Happy Meals to get the trading cards. Which I don't get, but okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, do you? Feel, I don't know if how much how much you do this, but I I did it a little bit yesterday. When you go back and you watch like convention videos, you know, before COVID, and everything's just kind of normal. It is. It's almost weird to look back on those things now and then look at like you know keeping distance, wearing masks, that kind of thing. And then when you look at some of those videos from. Even like because the the one I last went to was uh, 2019, the Walker Stalker one, um, and everything was just normal back then. It's it's because I, I when when I finished um, Little Nightmares two yesterday, I remember David was saying to me that there was this little uh, thing they did at a convention once. So I went and looked that up, and uh, yeah, it's just strange to kind of watch those things now. But uh, yeah, I don't particularly know who this person is, and I hadn't heard of the uh event plus my interest in pokemon is not that high so uh, i don't think i'll be watching this particularly but uh hope everybody that does has a good time so how about you yeah i'm not a huge uh, post malone fan myself i he's always in commercials i like i can't literally can't is... go a week without seeing him in some kind of commercial endorsing something which i have no problem with it's mm-hmm. you know is that... they give him money because he's famous and he endorses their product, which literally everybody does. So, mm-hmm. is that more uh, American adverts and things? They're, yeah, they're I know he does one with uh, Doritos. Okay. Um, he did a commercial with Doritos. He did a commercial with something else that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I found that most adverts these days. M- maybe this is just a UK thing. Adverts these days focus too much on trying to be funny and wacky and weird as opposed to actually advertising the product that you're trying to advertise. Because I'll see certain adverts and I'll turn around to my like mum or dad and I'll be like, okay, what was that advert like actually for? Because the whole point of that is to try to advertise me to buy something or to go to a shop or something. And uh, it's actually getting worse and worse at getting the point across of what you're actually trying to get me to buy. So... Yeah, because uh, I don't know if you've seen, just, just a little example, those compare the, the meerkat things. I'm sure most people at this point are more focused on the actual meerkats and what they're doing, as opposed to, you know, the whole compare the market actual thing that they're advertising. So uh, it's it's kind of progressively gotten worse over the last couple of years. But um, anyway, so do, do you see that? And that's saying American... something. And that, you... that's really saying something when you look at some of the commercials and the adverts from like the 50s and 60s and just how absurdly mm. awful they are. I mean, are. You, can, you can be funny and weird in that, but try to actually focus on advertising me the actual product that you're trying to get me to buy. Because like, do you want me to know what I'm supposed to buy or are you just trying to be like make me laugh? So, I don't know, but that's just the way that is. Uh, let's move on from that. What else do you want to talk about today? 
Well, as a lot of people know, uh, fan wikis are a great source to try to figure out something if you're stuck in a game, need help. Uh, I myself have gone, like, I don't know where this is going on a game, so, like, hop on a wiki or more often a YouTube video. But apparently developers also utilize that as a resource as well. Uh, Tim Schaefer uh, recently tweeted out a few days ago, uh, quote, I want to thank the fan sites and fan wikis everywhere, not just for being fans, but for helping us find information about our own games. I wonder if you know how often game developers pull up your sites and make presentations about their own games. Uh, I know I do it a lot. And a lot of uh, developers uh, tapped in on that, saying they do that too. Uh, there would not have been, uh, according to uh, Sasha Sandral Duval, there would not have been a Dishonored 2 without the fan wiki. Uh, it, TT Games says, well, I... IPs we work on, I would have been lost without the fan wikis on the internet. Uh, Wikipedia and Marvel wikis are both huge, so I, th- I like that as just a nice little shout out to fans that you know take their spare time to you know show their love for the game and then have the developers acknowledge that. That's always a really good thing. Yeah, I mean, especially with like some of the IPs that have just got massive history, like something like Star Wars that has got how many species of whatever and you know nine different films all these comics and uh like the two t the uh, three tv shows whatever clone wars rebels mandalorian uh and then all the games and everything there's going to be a lot of uh information put out there so uh yeah it's good that people do contribute to them uh i do notice sometimes when i go on wikipedia for various different information things uh they do sometimes ask for uh small little donations and that which hey you know if what what would we do if suddenly some of those websites just couldn't be funded anymore somebody would have to put all that information up again in a in a different place because i know i know that you do sometimes have um like dedicated wikipedias for things like the wikipedia and then you have wikipedia itself uh which you can you, you can look up things on both but you'll maybe get like uh different types of information on different sites so uh, any thoughts on this? Uh, just that I, I like the fact that the developers, like I said, are showing love to the people that put love into their game. Because it's a very symbiotic relationship. If we didn't play the games, they wouldn't make them. If, we didn't, if they didn't make the games, we wouldn't play them. Exactly. So we both yeah. kind of need it. And it's always good to get a little positivity in the world. Mm, definitely. Yeah, that's one, one, one thing I always kind of say on uh, the chat podcast is like okay if if i don't make the content in the first place there's no numbers there but i could still make the content and not have the numbers there so it is a two-way thing of like in order for entertainment talk to have any sort of numbers there needs to be the content so that's my side of things uh which is if, if you were to compare these two that's the dev side of things of making the games and then the numbers that they see for like sales the numbers that i would see for listens or clicks or whatever uh that comes from the fans so it is it is a two-way thing definitely so yeah uh because like you said if they if they didn't make the games we wouldn't have them to play them but then if they didn't uh yeah it's a it's a two-way thing so uh it's good yeah so uh anything else you want to talk about today uh yeah the last thing that i had to talk about is uh, a big boon for everybody in the UK that has been playing a Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, it should be out today. I haven't seen it hit my download queue yet, but it uh, should be out soon. Uh, their World Update 3 uh, should be launched today as of the 16th. The update is set to bring 50 to 60 new points of interest for the UK. 
Some of the more notables include uh, Stonehenge, Brighton Palace Pier, Hampton Court, Wales Principality Studio, and others. I haven't been able to find a full list yet, but it's always cool. Flight Simulator is a really good game if for just like a chill flying series. So if you want a game where you just kind of chill out, um, that would be the game to get. Uh, it's it's yeah. very much a technical simulator, so you're not you know doing barrel rolls and dog fighting or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, it's very very specific on the actual operation of a game. It could very easily be used as a training sim uh, for learning how to fly a plane before you get into the big scary thing and risk crashing and all that other fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it's always cool when they do like very regional updates, and obviously, like, like I said, this is for the UK. So anybody that's been playing that game in the UK, they you got a lot more places that you can find. Cool. I do wonder, um, I'm not going to say where my house is, obviously that would be pretty stupid to do on a public recorded podcast, but uh, I do wonder on that game how close I could get to my house, because I remember when Watch Dogs 2 came out, and it was in, I think it was San Francisco, no, LA or San Francisco, or something like that, and uh, there were people from like IGN and those sorts of places that were trying to find, like, not their house necessarily, but like, the, the the street where they lived in or, or something like that and uh, some of them did manage to find it of course some of the locations were a little bit different uh and you couldn't really do that in uh watchdogs legion quite so well because obviously you had the whole tech takeover future thing that, that had changed uh the map a little bit but you could still go to like piccadilly and some other places that i recognize as well so um I also do wonder if you could find... Now, I don't know if they would have to license this. If you could fly, like, over Old Trafford in Manchester. Or if you could fly over, uh, you know, the Olympic Stadium. and uh, Or, like, any sort of football stadiums. But I don't know if... Because uh, you'd probably be able to fly, like, over Big Ben and London Eye. Those sorts of things. Because those are, like, public locations as well. Um, but I don't know. So, do, do you know any about any, like, specific locations you can... Like specific things you can see? Because I know that there's locations and that, but... Yeah, obviously, each individual location, it's one of those weird things where if it's a trademark or a copyright look to it, then they got to get permission for that, um, just as a kind of a weird reference point. Yeah. The silhouette shape for the Coca-Cola bottle is trademarked and copyrighted. So you, if you want to use that that look you actually have to get permission from the coca-cola corporation um i'm sure most stadiums there's like a general partnership like for you know whatever premier league you know they can probably just get permission from the premier league to do just the general look of a stadium same with like the nba and nfl stadiums some of them are very iconic some of them are very generic mm. um it just depends on the artistry of whoever builds the building and how unique they want it to make it look mm-hmm. um past that you know public structures are probably not copyrighted so they're easy to put in it's just one of those things that it takes time yeah uh, like the article said this is world update three and the game came out about a year ago so the fact that they're just getting to it now just is kind of a testament of how long these things kind of take so yeah yeah, I'd be interested to see, because in terms of like interesting stadiums that you mentioned, uh, I don't know the exact name of it, but Bayern Munich Stadium, which is in Germany, uh, that stadium can change colour, the, the top half of it, like the, the roof and that can actually change colour, it's, it's really quite cool, so uh, I wonder if you could maybe see a, a, anything similar like that, like that. so... Yeah, 
I don't know. Yeah, where I live in uh, Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium, which is where the Colts play, the building kind of looks like a Viking longhouse, and it's unique in that <laughs> the roof can slide down and open up, and then the side windows can slide down and open up, so you can get a full breeze and make it a full open stadium if the weather permits. Hmm. Cool. Cool. Uh, you said that was the last thing that you got? I think you said that. Yeah, that's the last thing I have. Cool. Uh, we have three emails to get to. Uh, if you'd like to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, or maybe your concerns about video games or anything related to Entertainment Talk, uh, you can send those to Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, uh, Twitter eTalkUK, as a contact page and information in your show notes. Gareth has an interesting question. Uh, with Splinter Cell being dormant for so long, let's look at the possibilities for the franchise. Could Ubisoft license the game or sell the IP to somebody else? Uh, who would you like to see make a Splinter Cell game? Now, before I actually directly answer that question, I do want to talk about Splinter Cell in a, in a slightly different light. Um, if I were to look at something like Splinter Cell and then look at something like Metal Gear and Silent Hill, which I have persistently said with Silent Hill and Metal Gear Solid, the reason I don't think that you'll see any games from those two franchises, not so much with Castlevania, because you did have the sort of collection games uh, a couple of years ago, uh, is because I don't think that they would license those games to anybody, and I definitely don't think that um, Konami would sell those two IPs to somebody, so that's obviously where their pachinko machines come in. A uh, different thing with Ubisoft. Um... It's strange with Ubisoft though, because unlike with Silent Hill and Metal Gear, which haven't really had much in the last couple of years, Splinter Cell has been just in other things that we haven't wanted him to be in, because he's been in what like a couple of mobile games. Uh, they've commissioned the the animated TV series. They commissioned that. It's sort of like Ubisoft is doing everything around the franchise of like, okay, here's him in a mobile game, here's him in a, in an animated TV series. And everyone's like, can you just make another stealth AAA video game? And they're like, no, we're going to make a TV show and put them in the, the, all, all these other things um, as well. But I I do I don't know about selling the IP. I don't know if Ubisoft would sell the IP of, of or the character of Splinter Cell or whatever. Uh, I don't know if that ties into some sort of Tom Clancy thing as well. Because obviously he's a, he's a Tom Clancy character. So I, I, I don't know if that the rights for that work a little bit differently. Um but in terms of licensing licensing the game out, I could see that as a possibility uh, because then you could actually have this scenario where Ubisoft could still do the stupid stuff of like putting him in the mobile games and that. You could still have him in those, and you could obviously still have him in other games made, but just made by other people under the Ubisoft name. Um, so I've obviously had a bit of time to think about this. I now I don't know how this is going to sound like off the bat sort of thing. I would like to see. If I was to look at the stealth sections in something like uh, Uncharted and Last of Us, uh, they're a little bit different in both those games because you've just got different scenarios. Uh, the stealth, the sort of, the more modern take on stealth that Naughty Dog does, I think there's a way you could convert some of that um, into, because obviously you'd have a different genre, you'd have like a spec op sort of thing as opposed to a Hollywood feel more or a post-apocalyptic world I could kind of see that working a little bit you don't you'd have to change the mechanics slightly but I do think there's some potential there with that plus they've done third person action and this would I assume be a third person action stealth game so I would probably go with Naughty Dog 
uh but i do think there's probably a ton of other developers that could that could do that um who would you like to see have a crack at splinter cell other than ubisoft themselves well the development team that i think could do the best at a pure stealth game would be the same development team that did ghost of tsushima uh, the only problem is, is that was Sony Interactive as a developer, which would make it a PS4 slash PS5 exclusive, and I'd rather it not be exclusive to a single console. I think it should be on all of them. Right. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, I don't know who could do stealth that well. Uh, to be fair, I don't play a whole lot of stealth games. Um, Ghost was the last one that I played that could be considered stealth. I don't really count. Assassin's Creed Valhalla in that because while you can do some stealth, I don't really see it as a stealth game. It's it's very, very it's a very a sub part of the game. It's not the main part as it was in the early part of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, maybe if you redid the whole team that did the original Thief game from back in the day, if they're still in games, they might okay. be able to pull it off. If if they created a new studio. Um, I also can't think of anything off any development team off the top of my head outside of the guys that did Ghost that mm-hmm. could do that. Yeah, punch. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe Ghostwire Tokyo, depending on how that game plays, might have a chance of that. But since we haven't played the game yet, I really can't say either way on that. Hmm. Yeah. The other answer that kind of sticks out a bit is IO Interactive because they've just done the Hitman games. I just think the difference there. Because uh, that's kind of one of the only only stealth series that's going at the moment is the Hitman games. Um, yeah, and that's not the, really stealth per se. That's more hiding yeah, in sight. Yeah, you can do it stealthily, but yeah, I I, I get what you mean. Um, the only thing with that, I think if I look at Split and Cell Blacklist and Conviction, Hitman's just a little bit more arcadey. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't think that that would fit quite so well. I'm not saying that IO Interactive couldn't like adapt and do something a little bit different because uh, they're doing the James Bond game as well. I just think it's not quite the same exact fit. Um, so I don't know. But again, this is all hypothetical. So we'll see if uh, Ubisoft ever decides to do anything uh, notable games-wise. I mean, the TV series could be really good. I'm not dismissing that. It's just we want the AAA stealth games to come back. So... We all just mm-hmm. have to wait. Uh, Harrison returns and says, I remember Matt was saying he's looking forward to Little Nightmares 2. Uh, I have just finished it and reviewed it. You can listen to that. Uh, do you think this is suitable for any kind of young audience? Uh, I, I would say it isn't. I mean, everybody's got their different levels of what they find creepy and scary and what they find just like horrible in terms of horror and everything. So I do think it depends on your sensibilities and what your what, what exactly within horror it is that you're scared about is it jump scares that get you more is it creepy imagery is it like dark themes uh is it creepy looking creatures and enemies if it is creepy looking creatures and enemies then, then definitely don't play little nightmares because uh there's there's a lot of them um i shouldn't say don't, definitely don't play it. i'd still recommend that you play it but uh just be wary that there's there's a lot of creepy weird things in uh, in little nightmares which is kind of the one of the points of the series which is this is a weird creepy world where like a lot of things are possible but in terms of young audience it depends how young you're talking about because i would only recommend this to sort of 18 and above um 
I'm assuming that's the actual rating for the game. I never did actually look at that. See, I've because I'm at that age where I can play and watch anything because I'm 26. I don't actually look at like age ratings for things anyway because there's no need for me to pay attention to that uh, unless it's sort of like. If there's a comic book film coming out, is it going to be PG-13 or R-rated? You know, that can kind of determine uh, what you'll see within the film. But that's really the only time I actually pay attention to ratings of things. Um, but I would... Uh, I, I don't know. I think there's just some... There's some things that... Like I said, again, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily depend on how young you are, I'd say. It would depend on... What it what it is within horror that you wouldn't want to see, and I can't really get into too many specifics for Little Nightmares because it will get into spoilers. But uh, just just be really cautious. But I would say you'd need you'd need to be a bit on the older side to to play some of the to, to play those two games maybe. So yeah, I just checked. It's rated as teen, um, but that's kind of the perk of the world that we live in now. That. Yeah, I just jump on a Twitch channel and see somebody that's streaming it and watch you know five ten minutes of it and then you got a good frame of reference you can make that call whether it's something yeah you would yeah. think is appropriate or not so yeah i would i wouldn't give it teen i would give it like an r or an 18 or something because uh there's definitely some things in there so uh but again it's uh up to you with what, what sort of judgment you want to make so that's up to you but uh that's just my general if if that's any kind of useful advice that's my advice that i want to give but just uh just be cautious because there's some scary weird stuff in that game so yeah uh and lastly yeah uh, i have seen a few twitch channels on that and it's i wouldn't have put pegged it as teen either but you know you never know mm-hmm. yeah so uh but carly says lastly uh it's been interesting hearing you both discuss assassin's creed over the past week or two because we've been discussing it quite regularly haven't we uh with matt being on the mm-hmm. out on the games and robert playing uh, valhalla i want to ask robert where do you see your interest going for the past present and future of assassin's creed um so where do you where do you kind of stand with your interest on assassin's creed uh, well, I was more interested in the Viking theme than the Assassin's Creed itself because I thought there was a lot they can do. I definitely think they try to do too much. Like, there's four, at least four sub-things that are in the game that don't really need to be in the game. They're kind of fun, but they don't have to be there. Um, one of the things is the dice game Orlog. I mean, it's kind of cool as a break, but it doesn't really need to be in there. Um, the flighting, you know, the, the rap battles, for lack of a better phrasing, was interesting. Um, and it had a little, little bit of a gameplay element in that if you had your charisma skill high enough, it gave you extra um, options in conversations. But it didn't really affect things that much. I mean, it was cool as a historical thing, um, but it could have just as easily not been in there. Uh, honestly, I think, and someone like my myself who's addicted to like cooking shows i hear this all the time sometimes less is more like if you watch yeah, some like the absolutely. really high-end cooking shows with like the really really top chefs they don't put five thousand ingredients in a thing though <laughs> they can make something sing with like six mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i think i think the valhalla kind of falls into that category of it's cool that they do as many things that they do but they don't really need to do them mm-hmm. yeah that's a that's as a for my future interests I'm so, sorry, go ahead. No, you go, you go ahead. I was go just going to say, as my future interest, it, it's really going to depend on the setting. If, you know, the era I'm interested in looks cool, I might pick it up. If it's not, I can easily pass. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 
beat two because it was a games with gold. Never played three, played a bit of black flag, but didn't care. Didn't play origins. Didn't play odyssey. Didn't play the, when they try to do the multiplayer one, whose name I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Uh, Unity or something like that. Unity was one of them. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't play any of those. So, hmm. see, uh, if if things had gone differently with Assassin's Creed, I would have said, um, like, if I was advising people, should they or shouldn't they play Assassin's Creed, I would have said, play up until I think it's Brotherhood, which is the end of the the Desmond story. But then, if you do that and you want a good resolution. If you feel the same way that I did at the end of that game and then thought like, huh, where is this going now? Then you'll probably end up with the same disappointment that I currently sit with with Assassin's Creed um, and then fall into this false sense of hope that, that, that they're going to pay off that story well, but then realize that they're actually shifting entirely away from it or mostly away from it. Uh, so that's just kind of where, where I sit. I've said to myself, I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I've sort of thought to myself like, whether it's this year or next year, the next Assassin's Creed game, whenever they announce it, to just force myself to just say like, to just don't don't pay any interest to this to this franchise and just don't like take interest because if I if I suddenly start saying to myself like, okay, that this this one's going to be good, this one's going to interest me again, I feel like the same thing's just going to happen again with Valhalla. So. sometimes eventually with franchises, when you realise they're not going in the direction that you necessarily want them to. You gotta just kind of cut ties and kind of wash your hands of the franchise and just say like, "Hey, look, you you gave me like seven, eight, nine games or whatever, and you're not doing the thing that you were good at before. So now I'm just kind of I'm out, kind of thing." So, but it it does genuinely seem, just from what I've experienced from Valhalla and all the other games since Brotherhood, that if you're admittedly more on Robert's side, if you're more on Robert's side to where like. The original Animus story, if you either had no connection to that or you didn't care about that, and you just want, like, okay, what theme of Assassin are we getting this year? Then you probably will like Assassin's Creed more than me over the next couple of years, because that's what they're, what they're probably going to continue to do. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, when it, when when we get a new trailer or something for Assassin's Creed this year, I'm just going to force myself to, to just not take interest, because uh, I can't go back to that. So... Which I don't think they will because they've already said there's going to be a season two for Valhalla in terms of DLC. Okay. And season one year. hasn't even finished running yet, so we might not get like a full proper game for another couple three years. Hmm. Well, we'll see. So yeah, uh, pro- probably not this year then, if that's the case. So, uh, and that's what we got for you for this episode of Gaming Talk. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say a minute ago? Yeah, you were talking about uh, less is more. Sometimes mm-hmm. this is a drum that I've continued to bang, which is because uh, there's been some complaints recently about like, oh, one division's too short. There's not enough episodes. There's only nine episodes. You probably don't need. Sometimes you just don't need more content than what you think that you do. And I, I've learned that over watching various different TV shows and playing different games. I would much prefer whether it's a TV show, a film, or a game. If your show or game or film is shorter. Like if you if you tell me your game's like six six or seven hours as opposed to thirty, I'm probably more likely to play it if it's shorter. Just because if you just cut down on the filler and you just pack more content in a short amount of time, then it will probably be a better be a better product. I mean, you look at um something like One Division or Mandalorian, eight episode seasons, not that long for the episodes, but they pack a punch with each of them, don't they? And uh, sometimes that's just all you need. So. 
Yeah. Yeah, and for the for the Marvel series specifically, everything leads into everything else, which yeah. has been the staple yeah. since uh, Phase Three, because one division is gonna lead a little bit into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which starts right after one division ends, and that at some point is gonna lead into uh, Doctor Strange Two, mm-hmm. which is gonna lead into Guardians Three. I'm assuming at some yeah. point and, and Spider Man Three as well and Spider Man Three and. Uh, Thor 4. Um, plus, you got to remember, um, we talked about this like a long time ago. The uh, rights for all the Netflix Marvel shows have officially ended. Mm. And so now Marvel owns them. So those characters can come back. And I think Charlie Cox is going to reprise his role as Daredevil in the Spider Man 3 movie. There's it's, been hints of that. But I, yeah. It's rumored. Yeah. It's not confirmed. But when you think about it, it makes, it makes sense. sense. Because, yeah. um, and if this is spoiling Spider-Man 2, I apologize, but if you look at the end of Spider-Man 2, when that, that big reveal at the end, yeah. he's going to need a lawyer. Mm. You know? He's going to need some help, definitely. Yeah. Yep. So. And I could see, uh, I could see the, you know, Charlie Cox's character getting jumped into that as, on you know, a lawyer. Now, granted, he's got, you know, he doesn't have access to, but I'm sure Stark Corp would you know, hire a, a jillion lawyers, but you could easily bring his character in on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, thank you for listening to this one. And uh, in the meantime, I almost just ended the podcast without doing the proper outro. I don't know why I did that. But uh, in the meantime, you can find everything that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcast. Uh, the good old Thursday-Sunday rotation is about to start, so uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, you can find everything that we do, of course, on entertainmenttalk.org, or if you look, search for Entertainment Talk on your podcast platform of choice, you can get subscribed. So uh, just choose one of those options to continue listening to the podcast, and thank you to everybody that does. Uh, if you would like to support the Entertainment Talk podcast, and if you like what you've heard and everything, you want to support more of it, there is some different options for you. Uh, Patreon, the $1, $3 level tiers, that is for uh, ad-free podcast and review options. Uh, word of mouth, you can simply just tell people that you know about the content that we've got, uh, recommend it to them, they can listen to it, then they can do the same, and uh, that's the whole idea of word of mouth, so you can do that as well. You can also do pretty much the same thing there, but with Facebook and Twitter, so if you want to share the links around, or share, you know, retweet, or or share the Facebook posts or whatever, uh, you can do that Facebook, Twitter, different Facebook groups, or whatever else you use these days. If you want your up-to-date reliable TV and film news, which I assume that you do, David posts that over on GeekTown.co.uk and GeekTown Radio. GeekTown Radio releases on Tuesdays. Uh, depending on when I depending when I put this episode out, there may or may not be a new episode of GeekTown out today because the episode does come out today. So look out for that as well. Uh, so once you finish listening to this, you can probably go listen to the GeekTown episode for this week because it should be out around the same time. Uh, so keep your eyes out for that. Uh, if you want to follow Bex on Twitch, she streams basically daily at the moment. If you want to get involved with her fun, uh, interesting streams over there, you can find her, of course, Trista Bites, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Go and follow her over there. I will return soon with some <laughs> streams. I haven't done any for a little bit, but I've been busy. But if you want to follow me on Twitch in the meantime and be notified when I go live, eTalk UK on Twitch for that. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.